Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. All uh, right. So first in the news this week, uh, the New York Times has listed an anime in their top 10 shows of the year. This anime is a place further than the universe. That show you were watching with Jasmine. I'm still watching it. I've still got three episodes to go on it. I have not watched any of it. Really want to. I just haven't had the time for a tearjerker, you know, high school girl. It's not that much of a tearjerker. Is, is it not a tearjerker? I heard that it was, well, I, it, I was under the impression well, it was a tearjerker. Well, I know that it really... According to uh, uh, Giguk, uh-huh. he was emotionally caught up by it, but it wasn't that much of a tearjerker. It was just kind okay. of a. It, it it resonated with him on a core level, according okay. to his review. Okay. But it's not it's not the kind of tearjerker like um, it's nowhere near on the level of tearjerker that um, mm-hmm. uh, Violet Evergarden was. Okay. Okay. No, it's not. It's not that at all. Okay. It's just it's just kind of like a, a really good feel good you know amazing show. Okay. okay. All right. Well, anyways, it's on their top ten list. Uh, it was listed at number eight. I don't know. I don't know if it was the top ten list, but they listed ten shows, and they listed ten other things. I forget what that other that other list was, but mm-hmm. um, it's their best TV shows of the year, and we have anime breaking out into the mainstream because of this. So uh, hopefully, Crunchyroll will be able to pick up some more members. Well, uh, anyway, uh, and there's a bit of news that you added as well. There is. Yeah, All right. No, I was just reading. I was just reading through the list of the uh, the article that you linked to us to see if there was anything else that I recognized. Uh, there's a couple of shows I recognize. I haven't watched any of them though. Yeah. No. All right. So the uh, the um, the bit of news that uh, came across uh, my desk this week was that uh, Funimation and Hulu signed first look streaming deal for new anime. So Funimation and Hulu are looking at a merger. Of some kind. Well, I think it's more a of a partnership. Partnership. Mm-hmm. That that is the correct word for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I misspoke. So no, yeah, it's uh. Now I haven't been looking at Hulu for a very long time because uh, a while back they decided like the, at first their service was watch our shows for free with ads, or pay for a no ad version. That's what Crunchyroll does. That's what a lot of streaming services do. That's what the majority of streaming services but do. Then they added commercials towards their in their paid That's subscription. That's the entire reason I will never have a Hulu account. Because they got rid of the free tier, uh-huh. and then their lowest paying tier, which is still 8 bucks a month, which isn't a lot, but it's 8 bucks a month, and then you, they still bombard you with terrible commercials. Yes. You have to pay more than that to get rid of the commercials. And I refuse to pay for commercials. Oh, Either yeah. you give me your content for free... And I put up with commercials, or I pay for it and have no commercials. Yeah. There is no middle ground for me. No. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, there, if Funimation is uh, getting back together with Hulu, and if Hulu gets rid of their uh, their garbage... Um, I haven't looked into it lately. They might have already. But if they get mm-hmm. rid of their garbage uh, um, streaming... Um, with commercials tier? The commercials tier. Um, I might look into it so that I can finish Psycho Pass. I might look into it as well, but at the same time, I'd rather just pay for a Funimation, um, 
account. Sure. Um, at the same time, I may just hold off to see what Sony releases next year because Sony, one of the reasons that they pulled uh, they pulled uh, Crunchyroll away from, or they pulled Funimation away from Crunchyroll was because they have their own streaming service that they're putting together. Right. Um, but I may just see what their offering is next year. Um, but yeah, anyway, Funimation and Hulu, great for uh, them. They're not getting my money because yeah. I hate Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You know, uh, I just, it just came to me that like everybody's building their own streaming service now. Disney yeah. is doing a Disney plus ser- service. Uh, Sony has Crackle. Mm-hmm. I got Netflix, Hulu, Here's... Crunchyroll, Verve, uh-huh. Funimation. Everybody's doing their own streaming service mm-hmm. now. I really like Verve because they are a... Uh, multi-streaming service channel Mm -hmm. yeah and i'd love to see it if there was some service that actually did combine say you know Mm -hmm. well or you know you could package services like that well and here's the thing that uh the way cable channels do a lot of people are saying that streaming services are going the way of cable and if it keeps going the way it's going i can see that but right now i still prefer the streaming services Mm -hmm. because i'm paying six bucks a month for crunchyroll Right. I use it like crazy. Yeah. Uh, how much is just like, I know there are people out there who pay 150 bucks a month for cable yeah. and they only watch three channels. So, so yeah, I'd much rather, ha- I'd much rather spend, you know, 40 bucks a month on four streaming services that I want. Yeah. And I would still spend a lot less on streaming than I do on cable, than I would on cable. I know that there's a cable service that, um, for a time, their spokesman was Danny Trejo. He was, um, and it was a cable streaming service where you paid for little chunks of channels, and you could pick and choose which. Yeah, which I remember, I remember something like that. Now that, that didn't, go on. I don't that was that. probably I think one of the best ideas for cable, but I don't know if it actually if it's still around. Right. Uh, but yeah, like I don't care for cable, no. especially since I found a new like one of the things I missed about cable is that there's no real cooking channels. Mm-hmm. But I recently discovered Bon Appetit's YouTube channel. And they've got, and I'll go ahead and probably give them a crater shout out one week, but they've got this great uh, series where they have a pastry chef make gourmet versions of junk food. Okay. My first, the first one I watched of her was she did a gourmet version of ramen noodles. Ooh. And then she did a gourmet version, a gourmet version of, um, of, uh, Kit Kats. Mm. And then a gourmet version of Cheetos. A gourmet version of Skittles. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I'll go ahead and stop there since I'm probably going to do it for a creator shout out sometime. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, YouTube offers a lot more for me than you know than cable than cable. Okay, uh, which reminds me, I had a coworker highly recommend for my family to go out, take them out to a uh, a pho or a foo. PHO pho. Yeah, PHO pho. I think it's pronounced mm-hmm. pho. There's actually, speaking of which, there's actually a waffle and steakhouse close by that I want to check out sometime. Mm-hmm. Well, it just so he, he he sold it to me because it's like you get a mm-hmm. bowl that's 32 ounces of beef of, of bone broth with a pound of rice noodles and fresh ingredients. It's good. Put into it. And I'm like, oh, so you know, because my family has gluten allergies. It's a cream like version that. of ramen, pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Uh huh. So. No, maybe I'll give them a try. Yeah. Well, there's a full place not too far from where you live. Uh, yeah. They, they, I've been there. It's they, pretty good. They've opened a new one called the uh, the Faux King of Orem. I think I've seen that. Yeah. I think I've seen that. But the steakhouse I want to go to. I won't pronounce to, it the correct way. The steakhouse I want to go to, it's a, it's a steak and waffle house called True Religion. Mm. And then right next to it, there's an all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue place that I want to go to. Oh. So, it's, I think it's all-you-can-eat barbecue and sushi. So... That sounds amazing. I know, right? 
All right. Anyway, that's me trying to lose weight. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into three episodes in. Oh, real fast, Smash Brothers comes out this week. Smash Brothers. That's what I'm going to be doing uh, for the rest of the month. I have been... Wa- so, every every Smash Brothers game, my main has been Marth. Mm-hmm. I just... I like the way he plays. I like the way he, his moves you, work. You I'm might really enjoy good Lucina. I might. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. want to... But with this new Smash, after watching Castlevania and seeing si- uh, Trevor Belmont's Whip Foo, I want to give Simon a try. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. That being the the whip foo that the, you can do in Smash Brothers is nowhere near as good as the whip foo he does in Castlevania. I, I, but, I, no, no doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much more you can. There's only so much you can do in like mm-hmm. a video game, especially with mm-hmm. one with limited controls as Smash. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but, we we don't have a ton of time tonight, so let's go ahead and just get right into it. All right. So this week, three episodes in, is Ang Record of Mongol Invasion. In the 13th century, the Mongolian Empire rapidly expanded across the globe. Later historians who studied the prophecies of Nostradamus would say that the Mongolian the Mongolia was the birthplace of the great king of terror, Anglomoyas. At, and at last, the force of the Mongolian Empire would turn their attention toward Japan. 1274, the Bune Invasion. This, this story is a fresh look at the great battle that rocked all of medieval Japan, the Mongol Invasion. It shows how the people of Tsushima panicked, struggled, and eventually rose up against the overwhelming forces of their enemy. Oh, well, all right. And so we just watched... The, the first, first three, three episodes. episodes of this show, less than two hours ago. Uh-huh. So it yeah. is fresh in our mind. It's fresh. It's it's as fresh in my mind as it can be right now. And the the opening mm-hmm. shot of this scene is just a battlefield laid to waste. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of soldiers dead with arrows through them. Blood mm-hmm. strewn about the battlefield. It is desolate, dusty plains. Mm-hmm. And one lone man stands mm-hmm. and he start and he has an internal monologue mm-hmm. did i fight my best mm-hmm. is this what is this what it all comes down to mm-hmm. and then he looks and the enemy's still there and arrows start to blot out the and sun. they start like if you guys have seen hero yeah. it's one of those shots where there's just thousands of archers shooting up at the exact same time yeah. all aiming towards the same general yes. direction now there's a uh there's a quote from 300, the movie, where it says, His arrows will blot out the sun. And it says, and the guy replies, Then we will fight in the shade. Which is almost a direct translation to what actually was said. Mm-hmm. And a messenger came to, the, to uh, one of the kings of uh, Sparta mm-hmm. and said, he, There will be so many of them that their arrows will blot out the sun. And the king turned to his soldiers and said, Good news, boys! Today we fight in the shade! <laughs> Is the actual quote according to historians? And was that a King Leodinus that said that? It, might, uh, it wasn't in the movie, but it might have been mm-hmm. in real life. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. Well, I guess we already started. Yes. But first and foremost, the thing that stood out for me was just the animation quality. Even at the very beginning, it's just it flows smoothly. It almost looks like it's sixty frames per second. You mm. know, it flows smoothly. It's beautiful. And then they have the kind it's of characterful. This, it's characterful, yeah. And they almost have the well, they have this filter over everything. Yes, that makes it look like it's a storybook. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a it's like a crumpled paper filter. Yeah, it's it a crumpled like. paper filter, so it makes it look like, it's like either it's an old scroll or a or a, you know a storybook, something like that. It was kind of like the beginning I, of uh, Record of Lotus War that had uh, the, the opening credits had a filter similar filter like that mm-hmm. over it, but but theirs was more of a cracked mural on the ceiling. 
uh, filter. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. the, this one, it, it's it's constantly there, so you ev- so eventually you don't notice it as much. But mm-hmm. if you just take a second to look, it's there the whole time. Uh huh. Okay, and then um, after after that, we get kind of the opening credits to the show, which is you know one of the anime's rarities where you have opening credits in the you first have opening episode. Credits, first episode, and then it cuts to a storm at sea. And a bunch of prisoners are on the boat. And there's some yes. prisoners saying, please, get, at least let us out of our handcuffs. We're going to die out here. If, if we fall overboard, we'll die and we'll drown like this. Please release us. And the the govern, the, like the, the magistrates or like whatever, the, uh, the, the government officials who are on the boat refuse to listen to them. At first. At first. And then eventually they give in and they start, you know, uh, releasing the prisoners to give them a ch- uh, fighting chance if, if they, dr- if, you if know, they, if, they if the sea goes over. under. Yeah. If the boat goes under. Um, and then the prisoners immediately once, revolt. Once there's enough mm-hmm. of them, they begin to mutiny. They begin to mutiny. But they also mutiny Which is not really them. a mutiny because they were never loyal. Yeah, well, they, they yeah, begin to they, take they, over they, the boat. They, they start, they steal, they steal weapons and they start killing the officers. And so and there's then, a skirmish and so a lot of people are being thrown overboard. Some people and, still in handcuffs. Yeah, the, and the prisoners, the prisoners who are free are even turning on the prisoners who are still in handcuffs. Yeah, you know, it's there, just, appears, there appears to be a group of loyalists among the prisoners who were they are, part of a band of some kind. They're a gang, they're Kayajiro's gang or something like yeah. that. So once all those guys are free, then they start attacking. And um, then the uh, there's this guy who claims to be uh, the richest merchant, or he was the rich, richest merchant in his yeah. area, and he inches over to the main character, mm-hmm. uh, who was also the guy we saw in the opening shot. Yes. Uh, by the name of Kuchi Jinzaburu. Uh, mm-hmm. Buro. Um, but they just call him Kuchi. Uh-huh. Um, but he... Um, but anyways, he starts saying, "Please, uh, like you got to do something. You got to help us." And he's like, "Fine, we'll get me out of this." And so the merchant actually loosens um, Juchi's uh, bonds, uh-huh. and but the, one of the bandits then picks up um, picks the him merchant, up by his top knot. Pick, picks the merchant up by his top knot and is about to kill him. Yeah. But when Juchi goes around, pulls the sword out of the bandit's uh, sheath, and then kills the bandit, and then he then proceeds to murder all of these gang members one by one as if they are nothing just yeah. flipping over running around as if he was a beast and just slaughtering all these guys and i just wrote that down that is quite the way to introduce a badass main character kind of reminded me of the beginning of ninja scroll not to the extent but but um no the little old there, there's a little old man mm-hmm. that uh tries to be influential to the main mm-hmm. character and there's other elements in it. But, yep. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I'm just. But yeah, no, this one actually it's. A, the remind, it also reminded me of the beginning of um, uh, the Escaflone movie. Yeah, a little bit, but um, with, with just how how many heads go. Beginning flying. of Ninja Scroll. Um, is that the scene where he's eating the rice ball? He's eating the, eating the rice okay. ball, throws it up, kills four people, catches the rice yep. ball. Well, yeah, he's eating the rice ball and he stops in front of this bridge as a spear comes up, shoots up and splits his, yeah, and splits his, <laughs> splits his straw hat, his straw hat. Yep. I remember that. Yep. Okay. I was, I was, it's been years since I've seen that movie, but I'm okay. And then he yes. proceeds, he kills those four people like they're nothing and then catches the rice ball. Yep. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's but a great it, way. But in this show. That is a great way to establish. Um, well, there's something in, in in writing called the food chain of badassery. Yes. Um, and it um, one of the, a perfect example of the food chain of badassery. I don't think you've ever played Metal Gear Solid Three. No. Okay. So, um, Soviet Spetsnaz. Uh huh. Okay. Their special forces get wiped out 
by a group of this other, of these other Soviet special forces. Yes. Um, showing how much more powerful these special forces are. You come in as Snake and kick the crap out of the better special forces. Mm-hmm. Establishing you as that much better as them. Yeah. Immediately following that, Snake gets his butt kicked yeah. by the person who ends up being the main boss of the game. Yeah. So just right there, that establishes the food chain of badassery, who, what you have to overcome to be the biggest badass in the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and uh, they do this really quickly with, um, mm-hmm. uh, they, they do this in Firefly as well, mm-hmm. where they establish Jane Cobb as being the biggest badass on the ship and pieces pants at the mention of Reavers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, <laughs> not literally, yeah. mm-hmm. but no, but yeah, that, that's. That, that was what they did. Is they established mm-hmm. him in the show and even in the movie. Mm-hmm. They established him as the biggest tough guy. Like, boy, I wish we had some grenades right about now. Yeah, the, he's the big. Yeah, he's the. <laughs> he's the big tough. And when the big tough is afraid of something, he's the big tough. That's true. But what I was going to say, when it comes to being a badass, I would say that Captain Mal's a bigger badass than him, just because of all the stuff that, like, okay, Jane is to Mal what Chewie is to Han. I, like the muscle, the I muscle. Chewie could take out Han in a fight. Yeah. I don't think Jane could take out Mal in a fight. Maybe if it was just a square off fist fight, yes. But if it came to all of their abilities rolled yeah. into one fight, Mal would win. Well, the, the one of one of Jane's disadvantages uh-huh. is he's also the idiot that needs explaining to. So mm-hmm. he's our he is our source of exposition. Mm-hmm. Well, also Mal was still able to stay. St- well, okay, real fast. I know we're on a tangent and we don't have a lot of time tonight. It's but okay. the episode where Mal got tortured, yeah. He, he, like, he went through all of that, and yet he was still able to stand up and get into a fight with somebody, oh, okay? Yeah. I think he could take Jane. <laughs> There's a lot more to Mal that we don't know. But anyway, anyway, let's get back to it, okay? So that's just an awesome way to establish, like, we well, have these uh, bandits. And, and, and in, in this show itself, we have mm-hmm. a, a situation like that where we have the big tough, who's the uh, the pirate, who we're going to be introduced to here. So. Yes. The big tough who's the pirate. Um, and he's he's a great character. But and yeah, he'll lose to a fight to our main character, but he's the big tough and he would be a very useful tool in the uh, chain of badassery. Mm-hmm. But he loses a fight to the main character. But anyways, um, they then get to the island uh-huh. and um, like after, after all the bandits are killed, they continue on their way to the island and they make it to the island and there's this... Um, this beautiful woman comes to them and greets them and says, this is, uh, welcome to, uh, Tsushima. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a banquet prepared for you. And all the, all the exiles are super happy about it. They're super excited. They want to go eat. And one doesn't trust her. And one doesn't trust her. And the one who doesn't trust her is Junshi. Our our main character. Is our main character. And he's just like, so there's something extremely suspicious about all of this. And Like, what's your motivation? Exactly. And they're, all the, the exiles are eating this huge delicious meal and he's sitting over in the corner by himself eating rice and the merchant comes over to him and says okay so what's your take on this entire situation and he's like because the merchant's smart enough to to read the room and know Mm -hmm. he you don't become a rich merchant if you don't read signs Mm -hmm. and 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 read people Mm -hmm. and so he goes over to junji's like okay so what's going on here like what seriously what's the situation he's like well honestly it's not good and before he can say anything else other than that the, the princess shows up again. This beautiful girl turns out to be the princess, the daughter of the ruler of the island. Mm-hmm. And her name is, I got it written down here, is Teri, Teruhi. Uh, it's like, um, I didn't write down her last name because most people just address her by Princess Teruhi. Yeah. 
Um, but but she, and every once in a while she'll introduce herself with a very long daughter of this of the yeah I'm, I'm the daughter of so I'm the daughter of so uh, uh, Sekakuni uh-huh. um, of the so, of the so tribe yeah um, as, as I recall I remember reading or Sukekuni. hearing something about uh, I was watching one of those extra credit extra history things and James was pontificating about how it was hard to read Japanese history because people's names upgraded as they did great things yeah their their, their names so, got bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. so this is something that's happening in this show mm-hmm. is that her name became such and such of a size so we're just going to refer to her as the princess yeah she's the princess um but she uh, she shows up and she thanks them and uh she reveals and they're like well what's the, like thank you so much for the meal this is wonderful and she's like wonderful that means you can more easily die for us and they're like wait what and she says the mong the mongols are on our doorstep they are on an island close by, um, and uh, I have. You were all going to be executed. You all had the death sentence. My father convinced the shogunate to not mer- to not execute you and have you exiled to our island, where you can die for our cause. And one of them stands up and refuses, and he's about to attack her. And all of a sudden, he's filled with five arrows, and he falls over dead. Yeah. And the princess has this kind of glaring look, like you know, uh, your your mind type thing. Like uh-huh. uh, I've I've tricked all of you, but um, but um, Kuchi, uh-huh. he's just laughing because he's like, I knew it. I knew it was something like that. There's no way you would invite a bunch of exiles over here and give us this grand feast if you didn't have something like this in mind. There were uh-huh. yeah, they they had managed to kill all of the uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the bandits had managed to kill all of the officials on the boat, mm-hmm. and, he and says, so only there were only exiles left on the boat. So mm-hmm. to ha- to still receive a royal welcome, something had to be up. That was his clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he's and he he says that he says, yeah. "Why on earth like there were no no officials on the boat? It was just us, us us exiles. Why did you still accept us? You know, why didn't you just kill us on the spot?" Yeah. Um, and he knew that something, he knew something was up. Um, and it's revealed that this guy is actually a former general. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a former retainer of the Kamakura Shogunate. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a, he was a pretty big guy in the pecking order of things. Yes. Um, and as such, he, throughout the show, we see that he just has no respect for authority. None whatsoever. And it's wonderful. Um, but anyway, um, the princess then goes off and, uh, the, the prisoners are, the, the, I can, I I can just call them the prisoners, but the prisoners are complaining. The exiles. And then we, we go to her room and she collapses and it's revealed the entire thing was an act that she was terrified the entire time. She's terrified the entire time. And the fact that she watched someone die in front of her, Mm -hmm. she just can't handle that. Yeah. And she said, I can't handle murder. And she's talking to her maid, uh, her handmaiden, Uh um, Otaki. And she's saying, I can't handle murder. I don't like seeing it type yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And Otaki is like, she tells her to get, helps her bathe, helps her get ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And she goes to bed. And after she goes to sleep, and there was something kind of cool that I saw. Like they actually had, like she combed her hair. And rather than letting her hair get a mat of tangles while she was sleeping on it at night, uh-huh. they actually pulled her hair out and put it into a box above the bed. So it was still attached. It was her hair. That's probably something historically accurate. Actually. Yeah. Well, if it's a Japanese, you know, company making it, I would assume that they were pretty historically accurate about their own history. Yeah. One would hope. I mean, Americans aren't too extro- historically accurate all the time. Um, uh, but it's, a, it's an interesting especially idea. Especially if it's Mel Gibson. Uh, it's, it's an interesting idea. Yes. You know? Um, it is. So 
anyway, that's that's something I'll have to probably include in a book of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, uh, the, 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 yeah, just the natural care of beauty mm-hmm. products in a in a period piece. Mm-hmm. But um, she then gets woken up by um, Otaki, yeah, um, banging so on her door, saying, "Princess, you have to run." And then we hear, uh, you know, the sound effect of a sword going through a body. Yeah. Okay. And then the door bursts down. Door, door bursts down, and we see Otaki. And Otaki has been stabbed. Mortally wounded. And she's re- crawling over the princess trying to t- get, have her get away while these these uh, assassins or thieves or whatever yeah. in masks come up, grab the princess, and then the leader of them does the finishing blow on Otaki yeah. and just lets her die. And or now, just kills her. Now, we saw them coming uh, moments before that. Yes. And one of them, the leader of them, is wearing a mask with these glowing red circles mm-hmm. where the eyes are. Like, perfectly round circles. And it reminded me of Jinro. Mm-hmm. And just how that that, that light effect where it's... And it, uh, it, the light effects also in the the motorcycles at the beginning of Akira, where the the, the light trails just stay on the screen for a while when it mm-hmm. moves around, and it's just really yeah, cool. Yeah, I love Jinro, the Wolf Brigade. It yes. was an incredible movie, and apparently they made a live action version of it. I kind of want to see what it's like. Mm. Um, but anyway, so Ugh. references. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of anime. <laughs> <laughs> Not every anime, though. But anyway, um, so they then go in and, uh, well, uh, the guards go off and start, like, someone starts banging a wooden mallet and all the guards start running off towards uh, the princess's home. Mm-hmm. And the prisoners are immediately like, oh, so the princess has been attacked. And, like... That's so all the guards go off. All the guards go off. Now, and- now, when we were first introduced to the pirate back on the boat, um, they there was a conversation between them and we realized our main character was once... In uh, a uh, a as, general, as as his as his job as a general, he was also a law enforcement, because that, there, there's care, there's a crossover between uh-huh. police and military in feudal Japan, mm-hmm. and so it was his job to arrest that particular pirate, and and then he proceeded to forget his name. He's just like, oh, you know, like, oh, I think I arrested you one time, but I can't really remember because I I arrested a lot of pirates. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. just just to insult him. Yep. But to get his uh, help, so so their handcuffs are these wooden blocks tied together around their wrists, behind their back. But this guy was so big that he also had to have ropes tied around him as well. Mm. And we find out why, because our main character, with a slash of his sword, cuts the ropes off of his chest uh, immaculately, mm-hmm. and then he can, with his, with his own strength, break the handcuffs he was in. Mm-hmm. And so we're introduced to how strong this guy is, and so we're not surprised when he bursts through the, um, I want to say, oak. Um, whatever wood what, whatever, it's made it, of. It, it, it's mm-hmm. four-inch diameter poles mm-hmm. are made up the bars of this uh And he hits cell. them twice and they get knocked over. And, and he, he, he just shatters his way through them. Mm-hmm. Well, and they and we see uh, Kuichi saying, like, these guys are really poorly trained. And see how they're just kind of scouting about. They have mm-hmm. no idea what they're doing. They have no experience at all. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and burn these buildings to the ground. Yeah. And... The the like the soldiers are going off trying to find the princess, and we have a Kitani, um, a Kaitani Gontoro who's in tears. He's a servant of the princess, and he's crying out for the princess, saying, "Everybody, go find her, go find the princess." And then suddenly they see this fire behind them, 
And they're, they're saying yeah. they can't see because the enemy is hiding in the shadows yes. of the mountain. And they turn around and say, "Those darn prisoners! They've burned down the they've burned down the prison. What's going on?" And then suddenly someone like, says, "What a time to revolt against what's us! What's a horrible time to revolt!" And then someone says, "Look!" And they turn around and they notice that the fire from the prison has lit up the forest, and they can now see the people who've captured the princess. <laughs> It was genius. Uh-huh. Absolute genius. Uh-huh. And like, oh. And so they surround those people and proceed to get themselves killed. Yes, they surround them. Mm-hmm. And uh, clearly this infiltration force is very well trained. Mm-hmm. And that's when... Uh, and so they're all there, but they're all huddled close together around the main guy who's got the princess over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. The guy um, with the red eyes. Uh, fireman mm-hmm. style. Um and um, because they're huddled close together, they can't risk shooting them with arrows without risking hitting the princess. Mm-hmm. And so that puts them in a, in a bit of safety, but yeah. now they're surrounded. Mm-hmm. But because they're not willing to risk arrows, better trained soldiers are now jumping out and slaying the uh, people surrounding them because uh-huh. they're just that much better than them. Well, and then the, and then the exiles show up, uh-huh. and the very first thing that happens, you've got written down. I've got written down. The exiles show up, and the... the uh, the pirate, this giant of a man, who is like a like a more violent version of Fezzik. He he, he grabs a rock. He's like a human sized street street shark. Yes, he just has the jagged teeth. He's massive all over, and he's always smiling with that uh, scary grin of his. Yeah, yes, he's a cross uh-huh. of Fezzik from Princess Bride and a street and, shark and and Rin from uh, Free. Oh gosh! Anyway, let's <laughs> move on. Fifty percent off. <laughs> yeah, and so he he jumps forward, and he homeboy looks like Shark Week. Homeboy looks like Shark Week. Uh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's got a rock the size of a human skull in his hand. So this is, you know, with a good throw, this will kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he throws it at the guy. Holding the princess. He throws, or throws it, it so hard. Like, he's he, got... Okay, so... Anybody who's done any amount of throwing or any, you know, physical work, like, uh, with heavy objects, you know that it's a full-body workout, and however you, hard you push into the ground increases how hard you can throw. He His foot breaks the ground. His foot breaks the ground. <laughs> as he's throwing it. And then this ball hits a guy in the chest that... Probably collapses his ribs and kills him immediately. Yeah. And then that guy lands on the captain, who then drops a princess. And, and the now princess the, falls in the bushes. And put, falls in the mm-hmm. bushes, and that gives our main character the chance mm-hmm. to pull out a sword and take out the rest of these guys. And he takes the, the pirate he takes throws up, another rock and, yeah. to help him out. But yeah, he then gets close enough and he just murders them like they're nothing. And everyone's like, "Oh, he's got this." Oh. That's why he's so good. He's he's got this legendary style that was created by the Tokugawa uh, clan a hundred years ago. Yes, mm-hmm. and then it turns out that the that the leader, the one with the re- the mask with the red eyes, knows that same style as and well. And the two of them are fighting, and it's a really really cool over the top anime fight with a bunch of flips and sword clashes and stuff like that. And then what? And then once he realizes that they both know the same style. Uh, he re- he doesn't take off the entirety of the mask, just enough to reveal his eye color and hair. He, blonde with blue eyes. Blonde with blue eyes, mm-hmm. which, if this is a period piece, means he's European. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Northern European. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't come across any schoolgirls with pink hair yet. Yeah, so. Th- so like I said, this is a period piece, not your, stand- no not your typical anime. No pink dragons or stuff. Did I say no purple dragons? Did I? <laughs> anyway... And now, and now we can't monetize this because Disney's going to flag it. 
So the this guy somehow flips a hunt does an anime flip going out into about a hundred feet into the water without touching the water. And I'm just like I laughed at that because I was like, okay, I'm thoroughly enjoying this show and I don't care. So like, so so it, it it's a retelling of a period piece. It's a retelling of a period piece, but there's still very much anime elements to it. Um, it's Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Well, I like the fact that a single katana can continue to cut through people over and over and over again, whereas yes, a katana was sharp, but a katana is also brittle and would break. So yeah. A lot of times they would kill a bunch of people and then their katana would break and they would pick up someone else's katana and use that one. Um, uh, which reminds but, me of that scene from uh, Last of the Mohicans where he shoots two guys with his muskets, picks up their muskets, keeps running. Yep. That, well, that's that's how you do it. That entire clan of... was I think they were the Tomahawks or the Crow. I can't remember. I think it was Tomahawks. I think the Tomahawks, yeah. Yeah, that entire group of Tomahawks just got slaughtered by one old man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, Actually, yeah. no. No. The old man ignored the Tomahawks and he kept... And he just ran. And it was it was the other two that would uh, that ran up from behind and like killed a couple tomahawks with their own with their own muskets, picked up the tomahawks muskets, and then went off went off to kill the other two. Yeah. The next two, yeah, that scene was amazing. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked again. <laughs> so that's kind of the end of the first episode. It is the end of the first and episode. We, well, the end is. I think the episode ends with um, the princess invite. Well, the princess is mourning over the people who died for her. Yes. Who she's known her entire life, so it's very very hard for her to see them die. And and, and, and she just says, "I just can't handle war." Like war, says yeah, our main and, character. And then you haven't just seen like, war yet. Yeah, he's like, this was a skirmish. Yeah, he's like, war. You haven't seen war. If you want to see war, if you if war is coming, and you better have the stomach for it. Yeah. Because if you can't handle this simple skirmish, you won't survive what's coming. Um. And she then invites him to her father's. Um. And she then kind of steals her face over mm-hmm. and invites him to her father's planning meeting. Yeah. And that's the end of the first episode. Next episode, it starts with the father's planning meeting. And the father is telling the story about how he killed an enemy general with a single arrow shot. And because of that, the um, the shogunate at the time rewarded him greatly for it. And he's sharing this great, great story. And uh, everyone's cheering for him and stuff. And then it cuts back to Kuchi. And he's just like, this is a planning meeting? This is more like, this is more like a village festival, harvest festival planning meeting. Or like strategy meeting versus yeah. a harvest festival planning meeting. And then finally they get down to the actual strategy. The princess shows up and he says, why are you standing? You should sit down. And she's like, okay, father. And she sits down. And uh, he... He notices the father calls his own daughter a princess. He's like, princess? He calls his own daughter princess? That doesn't make any sense. Um, And he... uh, uh, Anyway, um, he... um, The the old man and his... his two sons are the ones planning the strategy. Uh-huh. And one of them says, oh, I've got a friend in their government. And he says that they're going to honor our ancient alliance and they're just going to go straight past us and go to Kyushu. And the other one says, yeah, they're our, like our informants say they're going to go that way. Uh, we have, they, they're not going to come here. We don't have to worry about them. And the old man's like, mm, good. We, then we, then we don't have to worry about it. We'll be just fine. And Coochie's just like, you're all idiots. Yeah. Calls, For, calls them out, embarrasses them in front of each other. Embarrasses them in front of the entire clan. These are these are the clan leader, uh-huh. his heir, and his adopted son. Yeah. And he embarrasses all of them in front of the entire clan. And just says, you guys are idiots. Yeah. The Mongols are a, the Mongols are a massive war machine. And that war, the, that war machine is like a snake. That snake needs is going to need food, supplies, and everything to survive. Guess where they're going to get it from? Here. This is their first target. Like, this is going to be their foothold to attack the rest of Kyushu. So... Yeah. 
and so they're going to take it. And, mm-hmm. then, and then he he just says, he says something amazing like, your house is on fire. How long are you going to remain asleep? Yeah, it's like, the roof of your house is burning. How long are you going to keep sleeping? And then the old man just says, throw him out. And, and so they do. They grab him and they throw him out. And in one of the funniest bits of animation in the whole show, he doesn't bother catching himself. He, his arms just stay down to his side as he's tossed head over heels, mm-hmm. rolls down a hill, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do anything to try to stop the fall. And it cuts back to, to So, the leader the, to, yeah. to the to the leader of the So clan, and you see his hand just trembling uh, with yeah. his fan in it. Um, and, uh, and then it goes back to, um, to Kuchi, and he's just like, well... I tried, but I guess this is what happens. And I guess I'm too much of a samurai still because he's an yeah. exile, but he's still used to being, you know, a samurai and somebody who's used to having his voice heard at places like that. Yeah. Um, and then a little kid trips over him because hmm. he's sitting in the middle of the road and he helps the kid pick up these mushrooms and he says, hey, so if this is our island, and he draws a big circle and mm-hmm. he and this is the capital where's your village because the boy the, apparently the island's bigger than he thought because the boy says i went out since early morning to gather these mushrooms and i'm heading back to my village and he's like oh well it's kind of late in the day so if you're the if you've been out since morning then you know this island's bigger than i thought so he tries to get an estimate for how big the island is and uh he's like so it's like he's like oh no 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 it's he, not he like draws that. A, it's he bigger. draws a perfect circle uh-huh and and then suddenly a crowd of people gather around all putting input on what's going like, on actually and actually the island's two providences we have a north part and a second part and we have a massive bay like this oh so it's more like this no 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 we also have this and then there's this and uh-huh. and eventually he creates a most accurate dirt map um in the a ground dirt map that, with that, a bunch that, of rocks out that everybody's like and, I've lived here my whole life, and this is my first time really seeing what it all looks like. This is amazing. And other people are like, get that on paper. Well, a monk walks up and says, get that on paper. Yeah. And then you hear the... Um, and this monk, we kind of saw him in the, in the background, watching yeah. from a distance. Um, Behind his straw hat. You see him smile, mm-hmm. but you don't see his eyes. He's got but, the straw hat, mm-hmm. and he's got that pole with the rings. For, yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know what religion that is or how, or how significant I've, it is, but mm-hmm. I re- first time I ever saw it was in Ronin Warriors. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they have... Um, but the... Uh, blah, 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 blah. What am I trying to say? The, so then he starts hearing the people like, am I going to die? You know, mm-hmm. uh, do we need to run? And someone says, well, it looks like my, my son's uh, marriage is going to be canceled. Like, yeah. I, sh- I should take my children and get going. Mm-hmm. If we don't plant the wheat before we leave, then there's not going to be any wheat for next year. Um, and, uh, he just hears all these people's complaint. And then the monk walks up to him and says, it's been a long time, hasn't it? And mm-hmm. Coochie's like, who are you? And then I, I know you, where do I know you from? I know you, where do I know you from? The monk takes off his hat and he's got short, short cropped hair and a scar underneath his eye. Mm-hmm. And the monk turns out to be, let me go ahead and write his name. And they, they, they walk off and they go over to a, um, to a, to a dock yes. and they're talking and the monk turns out to be Shouni Kagesuke. Yeah. Um, and Shouni, uh, he is a high general in the shogunate's army. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like, and what did you come down here for? Well, I learned about the Mongol, the Mongols, and I wanted to see and learn about them for myself. And but well, here's what I want you to do. And he's talking to him because he knows because he knows him from how good of a general and warrior he was. Yeah. And he says, "Look, I'm entrusting this island to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can be back here in seven days with an army of three thousand people, uh, of three thousand soldiers. 
I'm I'm leaving. It's going to take me a day to get there. It'll take me five days to gather the men, and then it'll take me a day to come back. So it's going to be seven days. So I'll be back in seven days. Um, hold off. Hold them off until then. And but then Chuni, uh, um, Kuchi is just like, uh, uh, no, gather them in four days because it's going to take you a day to get back here and then another day to get to the fight. It, it's, okay. gonna, it's going to take you a day to get there, four days to gather everybody, and then ships loaded will take two days sail to get back here. Mm -hmm. So you have four days. I need you here in seven. Uh, yeah, I, you have four days to gather the men. I need you here in seven. Yeah. And the, uh, the monk says, here. This was a gift given to me. This is a sword from the man who created the the fighting style that you. Uh -huh. It's a dagger. It's like this is a, this is a gift. This is from the man who made who invented the fighting style that you use. It's it's much better in your hands than in mine. Yeah. And he tastes like fine. He takes it, puts it in his belt, and then suddenly a blade appears next to uh, Coochie's neck. And I love this exchange because it's the princess watching the watching this monk getting ready to sail away and. Coochie's here, looks like looking like he's going to, you know, abandon them mm -hmm. as well. And he's like, "Are you planning on leaving?" And Coochie, seeing the blade next to his neck, goes, "Yep." He's like, "Yeah, I'm totally leaving with these monks." And the monks just like, "No, he was just he <laughs> the was princess. Just... The princess can't believe his answer." And she's just like, "What?" <laughs> and the and the monk says, "No." He was just seeing us off. And yes. then the monks go off on their boat. It's like, he wasn't coming with us. He was just seeing us off. And uh, it's then revealed that the... We, we then learned that the after the planning meeting and everything, they have decided that they're going to march mm -hmm. on the enemy. And they're going to march through the over yeah. the mountains during the night. Yes. Um, so they... So she tells them that you need to go with them. And so he goes with them. Um, and they march through the night... And uh, saying that we're going to go ahead, like, these are our ancient allies, there's not going to be a war, it's going to be just fine. And they go, and they see, oh, and they march through the night, mm -hmm. and then they see, they, they get to the bay where the Mongols have landed. Uh, Sol, Solsu Bay, or something like that. Yes. I'm, I know I'm getting the name wrong, I didn't write it down. Um, but they see that, um, they see 900 ships in the bay. Yeah. Um, and the Mongols have already landed, and then they realize that yeah, the Mongols are invading. This is not, you know, this this is not good for us. And then, Kuchi, being Kuchi, says, "Here, this is what you need to do to f do to beat them." And he's, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they again ignore him because he's in exile. And So says to him, "Look, you pissed me off so much yesterday that I was quaking." insulting me in front of my clan, insulting my sons in front of my clan. If it wasn't for the fact that my daughter vouched for you, I would have killed you myself. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but here, talking to you yesterday reminded me how much I love the thrill of battle. So I'll tell you what, you can fight with us, but you'll be in the rear. And I'll give you that set of armor as a reward. And he's pointing to a box, and then he said inside of that box is the armor worn by the man who founded the clan. Pretty much. Hmm. Um, or it was a gift from the Shogun at the time. And then they go off to fight. And they're actually doing fairly well. Um, they're fighting the... Is there anything that I missed? No. Yeah. They go off and they're fighting against the Mongols. And they, they push the Mongols back. But the Mongols are leading them back to the shore. Yeah. So, and, so mm -hmm. they're, they're fighting in a valley with a river in the middle and mountains on both sides. And so it's a bottleneck. Mm -hmm. And so fighting in a bottleneck, footmen against horseback, men on horseback, the footmen don't have a chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but the footmen retreat 
past the bottleneck to the shore where the ships are in range with uh, bombs. Catap- mm-hmm. Bombs and catapults. Which they'd never seen before. No. Um, but yeah, they, so they push them back and as soon as, and the entire time Kuchi uh, um, is watching from a tree and he's like, hmm, okay. And he sees them shooting in, <laughs> on Moss. In mass, and yeah. he says, "Okay, so that's a real good strategy." And, but he's able to pick apart what who they are and what they're doing because of that. He's yeah. like, "If they're fighting that way, that means that they're from different countries, so they don't tr- they don't know or trust each other yet. They're not very well trained because that style of archery, while effective, doesn't require much training." Right. So, um, so, so we don't have they don't have immaculate archers who can hit a target, but if they have a hundred soldiers with bows and arrows. All shooting in a general direction, um, just mm-hmm. the in the it's direction they're pointed. Extremely effective. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a net. Mm-hmm. It's a net of arrows, and so any one archer, statistically, ninety nine percent of those arrows are probably going to miss. Mm-hmm. But that only one of them needs to hit. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, anyway, they go af- after the samurai. Uh, overextend themselves. Mm-hmm. They get to the la- they get to the land um, real fast. They, they they get to the ocean and they see that there's a pile of their dead people, just of uh, villagers piled up on the ground, and they get frustrated. And then as soon as they see those, that's when the bombs from the ships get launched at them. Um, and the samurai start getting killed by these explosions, or they start going deaf because of the explosions. Um, the actual birth son of of So gets killed trying to pull his father away from the fight and then the father kills a couple more guys and then gets killed himself yes um and, and pretty, the adopted son is able to get away yeah mm-hmm. pretty massive scene pretty pretty gory massive scene um they uh anyway um after that uh they start fleeing and then chuni in the red samurai armor um pretty much calls them out for being cowards he says, look, the, if you want to strike back, your time is right now. Because they are coming at you. And they've overextended and they've themselves. And they've overextended themselves because they're of how back in the bottle. they are. They're well, back in the bottle. He doesn't say it specifically, but they're back in the bottleneck. And they're overextended. And now is the time to strike back for a victory. Well, and then he actually killed the person who was leading them. Like yeah. the, the thing that got the samurai's attention was him shooting an arrow. And it killed the guy. It killed the general who was commanding them on the front line. Yes. Uh, who was commanding the Mongols. And, and so, so the Mongols are leaderless and mm-hmm. overextended. So the Mongols are leaderless, they're overextended. And he's like, if you want to strike back, so the, the time is now. And he starts insulting them, calling them out, <laughs> trying to get their spirits raised. Yeah. Because they're depressed because their leader just their leaders just died. And then um, and then a lot of the other bandits that he the other exiles had found armor and joined him for the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, missing from the from the battle this time was the uh, the pirate. Mm-hmm. We find out later that he gets lost in the forest and uh that's that's his claim he's like that that they left him while i'm a pirate of course i'm gonna get lost on a mountain yes he he was answering the call of nature and everybody left without him and he got lost Mm -hmm. i'm a pirate of course i'm gonna get lost on a mountain um but anyway (laughs) that happens later but the Mm -hmm. but so they charge off and start fighting when one of the lieutenants of the uh the local shogun uh shouts uh, I have this written down. Mm-hmm. Don't let the exiles kill more Mongols than us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and they fight too. Oh, real fast. Uh, something that I forgot. Actually, the the credits at the um, 
there's an narrator at the end of episode one. Oh yeah. And I had actually forgotten this when I started watching it. Um, but um, I like the I really really like the fact that they pulled from uh, the the prophecies of Nostradamus mm. to get the name of the show, where the where they said that the prophecies of Nostradamus. People who interpret those prophecies, anyways, would say that the leader of the Mongols was, in fact, um, the king that would destroy the world, Anglomoyes. Mm. Um, now, I personally don't believe the prophecies of Nostradamus, mostly because people only interpret them after the fact that things have happened. Um, but anyway, uh, let's go ahead and yeah. uh, get back into the show. So they're like, yeah, don't let them kill more Mongols than we do. And so these. Um, we start learning that these exiles aren't just exiles, okay? Well, they are exiles, but they, you know... Uh, so, some of them are ex-military that yeah, were, sent, that were yeah. sentenced to death. So we have, um, we've got a dude who, um, Obu Sa Osuma Sa Saburo, who's an exile. He's a former general of the Musashi province, and he's able to pretty much keep up really well with Kuchi. Uh -huh. uh, and then we've got Shiraishi Kazuhasa. Uh, he's the guy with the beard. And he is a master of using the, um, I think it's called the Nagato. Mm. It's, the, it's the long spear with the blade at the end of it. And yeah. he's just massacring guys on the back of the horse. Um, and then kind we've of a got, glaive or something. And then we've got Hitari, the yeah. dude who's got kind of the blacked out eyes and stuff. And he's just kind of this assassin who's killing people from the trees. He's, a sni he's an expert sniper with a bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. And they're just butchering all of these Mongols. And they're like, okay, we've pushed them back. And Kuchi's like, no. They're, look, we can we're we we're, we're gonna keep fighting them. Well, uh, actually, it's um, it's the other general, it's uh, Saburo, who's like, okay, they're form they're they're put they're they're gonna be forming an ambush of us now, uh -huh. so we have to, we should pull back and reform. And Kuchi's just like, no, no, we're gonna charge right into them. And he's like, wait, what? This is our best chance to defeat them, so we're gonna defeat them now. If we can if we can get into there before they can set the trap, they're screwed. Yeah. And so they just take these horses. Oh, another cool thing that he does is that all the horses are panicked and running away from the yeah, fight. Yeah, so before the fight he starts, he grabs five horses at the same time, and he's just like, "Good boy, good, good horse, good horse," and calms them all down. And that makes all the other samurai stop and be like, "Okay, who the hell is this guy?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but they so they charge down into the ambush, and then the uh, the remaining samurai who didn't go with him are just like. Oh, he just led them into a trap. They're all going to die now. Well, we should go back. And yeah. so they leave. Um, and, and and then a report comes to them that uh, the the are that they were surrounded and mm -hmm. no and uh, they can no longer see what's happening. To yeah. Them. So they're assumed they're presumed mm -hmm. dead. And then it cuts back to Kuchi and Kuchi. While they're all fighting, he sees two bags on spears. He's like, oh, so that's where the general is. Men. Push through to get it's there. It's not just spears. Their hair was... It, it wasn't spears. It was just a bit... It wasn't bags. They were just a bit blurry. They were mm -hmm. actually their heads. It was the head of the... It was the head of the showman yes. and his son mm -hmm. tied on their hair... By their hair on the spears. I thought it was maybe tied in nets. When it, it, That's what it looked like to me. But it could also... I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was mm -hmm. their hair. With, mm -hmm. But it, it was mm -hmm. stylized. It was a bit blurry. Like, mm -hmm. there, 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 there was a... There was a war fog between if, him and them. If you knew what it was, you can definitely tell what it was. Yeah. But if you weren't if you weren't paying attention, you could have easily missed it. But but, but he realized that that's where the command the command unit for the squadron was, mm -hmm. and says, "All right, focus all the energy to attack them." Okay, and so they do, and they push, and then it cuts back 
to um, kind of uh, the survivors of the attack. And we see the princess again, and she's helping people. And her adopted brother says, you need to go back to the capital. You like, you can't come here. She tried to join them earlier, and her father slapped her, saying Pretty that, dramatic no, scene. Yeah, like, you know what, you know your place. You can't join us on the battlefield. She's like, but I want to. I want to be your daughter. And he says, you are my daughter. And that's why you have to stay behind, type thing. Yeah. Um, and... Um, they uh, anyway she's now there and she's helping administer to the to the wounded mm -hmm. and they tell her that your father and brother are dead and she's like i know i heard it from the samurai who were running for their lives beforehand um i'm the daughter of a samurai i was prepared for this um and uh that's when they hear that um the exiles are coming back mm -hmm. and they're all cheering and laughing and just having a good time and they come up and like, wait, what happened? It's like, oh, well, we pushed through. We killed, uh, Kuchi killed the general and their leaders. And uh, everyone's in disarray. They have no idea what's going on. So we came back to, re to, to regroup. <laughs> and that's when he uh, has a special delivery and, for the princess. And he says, I need you to confirm that these are what I think they are. And he puts them, these two bags, down on a table. And he unties them, and it's the head of the and, oldest son. And her first response is to faint. And she faints mm -hmm. into the arms and, of... And the father. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and the, first, the princess's first response to mm -hmm. seeing her father and brother's yeah. heads mm -hmm. is to faint. I was just finishing what I was saying. Sorry, mm -hmm. I thought you had. No, I, I wasn't saying the son, and then you, and I hadn't said the father yet. Alright. But anyways. Anyway, um... And, and she falls into the arms of... Uh, this girl that they've introduced before, and they they gave her a title card, and she's probably gonna be important. Like she she's she's the replacement for the maid. She's uh, the princess's female bodyguard of some uh, kind. Oh, she's like she. I for, I didn't. I think I wrote down her name, but I can't remember what it is right now. Um, but she is. She's like this ninja. She's the one who brought yeah. the news, saying that they have that they've that landed on coming. the beach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she so. I think she'll be important later, but she mm -hmm. doesn't make play a very big part in the first three episodes. Not really. Mm -hmm. um, but she's around a lot. She is. Mm -hmm. um, but then the princess uh, regains her composure, and um, and that's when our hero says, "I had to, re I had to retrieve these because if these were in on the tops of spears, mm -hmm. if these were on the tops of spears during battle tomorrow, mm -hmm. morale would sink to an all-time low." Yep. And then they, um, and she goes and she cries, like she grabs the, she goes, the princess then gets back up and then she grabs the heads, uh, like she goes over and just lies down between the two heads, uh, puts her arms around them, both heads, and then, uh, uh, just cries. Cries and lets out a wail mm -hmm. of grief. And I think that's how episode two ends. I think episode two ends with, um, do we, I think we saw the Mongol special forces in episode two, or was it episode three that we see the Mongol special forces? There's a group of the, there's a group of Mongols watching the fight from a distance, but they don't do anything because they don't have orders to do anything. Guy no. with white hair and yeah, white mask. We, yeah, we see them. I don't remember when we see them, but it's mm -hmm. in episode two or three. They're in the they're at they're watching the valley though, and two and three take place in the oh, valley. Were, are you sure they were Mongol special forces and not uh, Chinese special forces? Why would they not be Mongol special forces? Well, because they talked about the land of the rising sun. Japan's land of the rising You're sun. You're right. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, but they they, they t does is Mongol is Mongolia ruled by an emperor at this point? Because they talk about an emperor and that that they only take orders from the emperor. Maybe I don't know. I know China has an emperor. Mm -hmm. I know Japan has an emperor. I don't know if Mongolia is ruled uh, uses that same term. 
I don't know. So. Anyway, we got to go ahead and get through episode three. Yes. Um, episode three. Um, how does it start? Do you remember? Um, uh, episode three. I know how it ends. Uh, but I think it starts with um, they had found a whole bunch of people and were holed up in a silver mine. They're having that's right. They're they're having a funeral, and the samurai are complaining that the exiles are by them are like not at the funeral, and there's some there's some innocent people uh, in a silver mine. And then Kuchi's just like, this is a good place for us to hang out tonight, but you have to go before the morning because the Mongols are going to come and kill everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's good for now because it's a silver mine mm -hmm. that the opening of the cave faces away from the sea so they can't see the fire. They can't see the fire and they can't see the smoke. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when the adopted son, who's now the heir apparent pretty much, um, he uh, tells them that we are leaving. We're going yeah. back to the capital. There's yes. nothing more for us here. And Kuchi's just like, mm, no, not going to go with you. And I thought it was the princess that insisted on a retreat to regroup at the capital. Or did that happen? A or did that That's happen moments the, later? I don't think it's the princess. The princess came with rice. With, with a, a ship the princess came with rice, and that's right. The princess shows up and says, "Here's rice. We need you to come with us to the capital because yeah. she's already in the group to the capital." Yeah. And um, he's like, "Well, uh, but anyways, what happens is that Coochie yeah. and the the adopted son butt heads pretty much, mm. and Coochie's like, "No, we're gonna we're going to attack tonight." He's like, why? The, the, a smaller force attacking a larger force, the biggest chance that we have is attacking them while they're sleeping. So yeah. that's what we're going to do. Uh, he, he has Wake me up when the moon's high in the sky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I swear that that conversation was between him and the princess. She was, uh... I think he's just saying it and the princess overhears it. And she gets frustrated at him. Uh, okay. Uh, there is a conversation that happens, and I'm trying to remember when... Um, uh, so, so he, yeah, so he, he says something to the effect of, um, uh, we will show them that a mouse can kill a cat when it's cornered. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Before all this, I totally forgot that this happened. I think this happened in episode two sometime. Um, when she tries to convince him to go off to the, fa to, uh, with her father. Um, cause I remember her being like, I've never talked to a man like this before. Yes. And then she turns to him and just says, and she starts being all meek and humble and trying to be sweet. And it's so obviously fake and forced. And he's so incredibly uncomfortable with it. That's right. It's it's in it's in episode two and we skip this part. Um, and I, cause I wrote this down as one of my favorite things that happens yes. just because it's so out of character for her. And it's so cute. And she's just like, please. Uh, and she's being so meek and humble and trying to be so girly and nice to him and so attractive to him. And he's just like, fine, fine, whatever. Just stop. I'll go. And then she's <laughs> like, please stay with me forever. Yeah. She's like, but please stay by my side forever. We need you. And he's just like, fine, whatever. I'll go. Okay. Like I'll go fight. And then she's like, wow, that was easier than I thought. Cause then it cuts back to the ninja and then her servant and one other guy. And they're all staring at her like, <laughs> did you really just do that? Yeah. Did you really just say, stay with me forever? Yes. Um, but she, uh, but, but anyways, um, after that conversation happens and uh, after the conversation happens, like we will, like we will show them that even a cornered rat can kill a cat. Yes. Um, and he, uh, he goes off to sleep and there's other conversations and like the, the prince is just like, no, we're leaving. Get a, gather all my men. We're going back to the capital. Yeah. 
And she stays behind, though. And she sees him sleeping by the tree. And she's just like, oh, okay, well, real fast, before that, they also get volunteers to help them find the area. He's like, this is unknown ter- territory to them. They have no idea what's going on here. Uh-huh. That's the scariest thing for a soldier, not knowing the land. Yeah. Um, and we know the land. And, like, can we, I need a scout. And so three young men volunteer to scout. And ter- well, and it turns out that one of his crew uh, of uh, exiles is a young boy. Who we think, uh, who I assume is probably, uh, you know, just a street urchin thief, and that's why he was uh, arrested. But his skill is night vision, mm-hmm. and he's scouting at night. And his name is Amushi, uh-huh. uh, but he's he can see perfectly at night. Is what yeah. his ability is. Um, so he just kind of hangs out in the trees watching. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, but anyway, he, um, blah. Um, after he get, they all get ready for the attack, he yeah. goes off and he sleeps under the tree. And we see uh, the princess goes up to him and she's like, I can't believe this man. I mean, he's really, he's able to sleep under these circumstances. I Which reminded me of uh, mm-hmm. what happens if you, it, like, there, there's an article I read that said, like, how, how do military men actually sleep as well as they do? Uh, just and be able to sleep under any circumstances and it says well wake up at 4 30 in the morning strap on a bag of rocks that way it's 100 pounds on your back and run without stopping until 11 30 at night repeat this for a week you'll be able to sleep whenever you want mm-hmm. you'll be able to sleep whenever you want whenever you need yes mm-hmm. but and so he's sleeping under this tree and then she goes up to him and she's like, uh, I, uh, we can't trust this man. Like, uh, yeah. Should, yeah. I can't trust this man. Should I kill him now? Maybe because I should he... just kill him now. And yeah. she pulls out her, or she's, she's about to pull out her knife and she's having this inner monologue with herself. And this inner monologue is completely clashing with her actual actions because she, while she's saying this, the camera has panned back and now she's on her hands and knees inches from his face. Yes. And she leans in and the camera cuts out right before she kisses him on the cheek or something or we 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 don't see what she does Mm -hmm. but we know that there Mm -hmm. is something that happened because the next Mm -hmm. moment she's sitting the next moment the moon has moved higher into the sky she is sitting back turned to him uh, about 10 feet away Mm -hmm. and she won't turn to face him and he he wakes up and he's just like oh is it already that time of night and she's like yes yeah yes it is (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. And she's got blush on her cheeks. Or she's blushing. Yeah, and she, she won't turn around to see him. We learned, we also learned a little bit of his background and some of the background of the other soldiers. Like, I, well, yeah, I have two wives and four kids back home in Kyushu. And he's like, and he says, well, well, how many wives did you have? They ask Kuchi. And he says, well, I had four wives. But just because my relatives always marry me off for the good of the family and things like that. But I got sick of it all and I ended up only with one wife and one kid. And they're both gone. And I went off. I went off to fight for a month, and I came back, and they had both died of the plague. They and were I, buried, and they were buried. And it's weird, like to me, it, it's uh, different slitting a man's throat in a war. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just don't feel gone. To they me. don't feel gone to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she overhears that entire conversation, um, which is a conversation that happens near the beginning of the episode. So that's before the uh, kiss. Mm-hmm. Before she leans in and kisses him, or whatever happens, whatever happens that makes her super embarrassed. Um, but she, uh, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. They then gather everybody and they start going toward the the sea. They they sneak towards the camp. They have all their weapons wrapped up, so there's no nothing, no metal thing is showing, so they can't have any light ref- reflected in the night light. And I thought that was a brilliant move on their part. Mm-hmm. 
and they move forward and they get to the they get to about 200 uh paces or 200 feet from the camp they say mm-hmm. um they say okay how can we get to 50 feet from the camp and he's like well what we have to do is we've got to go low and go around and go through there yeah. um but we're gonna have to wait for that guard to, i love uh, this we'll have to, i know i wrote this part down. i know but we'll have to wait for that guard to you know go somewhere else okay let's <laughs> go ahead and wait for that and then <laughs> Yeah, so so we'll ha- so I wrote down we'll have to wait for the guard to go, and then suddenly an arrow hits the guard in the throat and he dies, so p- pinning him to the tree. And he turns and it's the sniper. It's Hitaru who's just like, hmm, looks like he went. <laughs> there, there he goes. Oh, there he goes. Oh, that was faster than I thought. Oh, that was faster than I thought. And then as soon as that happens, like okay, well, let's go ahead and move around. Two of the men stand up and start shouting out as they rush the camp, and yeah. two of their guides. And the the men and the Japanese suddenly realize that they've been betrayed. Yes, that they've been betrayed. That they were that those men were plants. Yeah. So so there were three mm-hmm. volunteers who offered to help them get to the uh, get there, mm-hmm. get, help the exiles get there. And th- two of the three volunteers were had betrayed them, and the third was motivated from by grief of the death of his uh i don't wife think and th- i don't think they've died yet i think they're being held prisoner but from what it looks like mm. but anyway he's standing up behind uh kuchi with a sword drawn about to kill him when the princess screams out no pulls out her knife and slashes at him but he turns around and cuts her down yes and so so we see him <laughs> with a big slash and we see blood leaving uh the front of the princess but we know it's not as deep as some of the other cuts that we've seen where mm-hmm. we're, we're watching the hole through people. Like seeing, in episode like, one. Yeah, you see the hole through people. But um, yeah, and that's so, where episode three ends. So we don't know what happened to the princess. We don't know if she lived in episode four. We assume she does. Because we assume she does, but at the same time... like plot armor, she's probably okay. But. She's probably okay. That being said, I mean, this could be the show, the kind of show where, you know, they do die, you know? Yeah. That said... Um, if she survives or not, I don't know. I did watch the first, you know, minute of the next episode just to see what happens because it was <laughs> a real good cliffhanger. It was a real good cliffhanger. Um, I did not get a chance to watch it though. I had, we're, we're actually starting a little later than usual because I had some problems getting started mm-hmm. on it. But, no, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, if I, I actually scrolled through each episode on Crunchyroll and her name and face is not on a single image or descriptor of the, of an episode after that point. I'm like, Ooh. either you're doing a real good job of hiding the fact she survived, or she didn't. <laughs> so it's one of those. Too. It's one of those. Uh, anyway, um, that's it for um, Angol Moise, or however you pronounce that. It's you know Nostradamus and his weird words. Angle I loved it. Moi. I loved it. I thought it was great. I can't wait yeah. to watch more. Me too. I really can't wait to watch more. I want to see how this goes. And it got me all the more excited to play the game Ghost of Tsushima, which <laughs> I still haven't sent you anything on. Right. But it is, it's so cool. I cannot wait for that game to come out. Okay, then. Uh, so, uh, now next up, what's what are we going to watch for next week? So, next week we're going to watch one of the simulcasts of this season that has been, uh, that has a lot of people talking about it. Um I don't even know how to pronounce this part, but it's like quadruple S Gridman. Something like that. Just Maybe they're just calling it Gridman, but mm-hmm. it just starts with like four S's. I think it's quadruple S Gridman, something like that, yeah. Okay, so um, the description from Crunchyroll reads, Yuta Hibiki can't remember who he is, and now he's seeing and hearing things that others don't. A voice from an old computer tells him to remember his calling, and he sees a massive, unmoving creature in the distance. 
Nothing's making sense until the behemoth springs to life. Suddenly, Yukita is pulled into the digital world, reappearing in the real one as the colossal hero Gridman. Cool. So it sounds like um, a, a throwback to the uh, classic like Ultraman and other kaijin fighting mm-hmm. heroes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it, but did you see the trailer for the Ultraman movie that's going to be on Netflix? I think I've seen a teaser. I don't know if I saw it a trailer. It looks real good. <laughs> it looks real good. Anyway, okay. yeah, no, I've heard really good things about this show. And according to Gigguk, the main girl is in the running for uh, best girl of the season. So um, so I've heard. I've her heard that or, the, uh, her or uh, the girl from Bunny Girl Senpai. Yes. They, uh-huh. We just have a lot of uh, best girls this year. Me <laughs> and Doug responded, though. Me and Doug both responded to his tweet saying, well, honestly, they're fighting for second. And, we sh- and I showed him a picture, and I sent him a picture of uh, Misaka Mikoto from uh, Index. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, they're fighting for third. The legendary Yamada Tai. <laughs> a lot of people are like, no, and they would show pictures of Yamada, <laughs> Yamada Tai, because Yamada Tai is best girl. Oh, uh, then it's like, okay. oh, I see you too are a man of culture. Okay. So next week we're going to do Quad S Gridman, or however that's pronounced. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yes. Um, and that's it for three episodes in. Let's move on to recommendation of the week. It's my turn this week. Sorry for rushing. We actually have kind of a time limit tonight. Um, but... Uh, for recommendation of the week, it's my turn, and I'm going to go ahead and recommend today's menu for the Emiya family. Uh, it's a delightful little anime, 10, 15-minute episodes. They've only released one episode a month, and the last episode is going to be released on New Year's. Okay. It's going to be a 13-episode series. Well, I've heard the last episode's going to be released on New Year's. I could be wrong. It could be done. I've heard kind of both. Um, but anyway, it, it's released pretty much the first Tuesday of each of each month. Mm. Um, and... Uh, it is um, a best case scenario for the world where all the characters from Fate Stay Night are living in harmony with each other and just enjoying their lives, including the heroes who have been summoned to fight to the death for the Holy Grail. But in this world, they just, they're just enjoying living life. Um, Saber lives with, uh, with Shiro in his house. Um, we see Archer in one episode. This is from the series you haven't seen. Yeah, no, um, I, the, but you need the to. only it's a, fate, it's a ser- the only one. series, of, the only Fate series I've seen is Fate Zero, and that's the prequel to the Fate Stay Night. Okay, and Fate Stay Night is there's actually three versions of it. There is Fate Stay Night, which is the one like there's three heroines, and it's based off of a of a light novel uh-huh. uh, game. Um, where you could end up with all three girls. Right. And so one series is is the ending with one girl. Uh-huh. Another series is the ending with another girl. And then they've got some movies that are the ending with the, with the third girl. Uh-huh. So, um, but anyway, um, everyone's just living a happy, normal life, cooking food. And each episode, it's usually Shiro. Shiro uh-huh. cooks a meal. Right. And it's kind of, he's known for his cooking skills. Uh-huh. And so they just kind of went all the way with that for this. And there's lots of cute shots of Saber enjoying his cooking and her being adorable. And it's just a really fun, lighthearted series. And it does the body good. It does the soul good. <laughs> just watching it. Um, I highly recommend it. It's delightful. Okay. Uh, I've only avoided it because I wanted to watch more of the fate series before getting a, like, I kind of want like, I kind of want to wa- have already have watched, um, Attack on Titan before watching Attack on Titan Junior High. Oh geez, yeah. Because no, then well, the references are better. Yeah, and go ahead and go ahead and watch Fate Stay Night. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, it's got one of the best sundetes in all of anime. Yeah. Um, well, actually, there's two sundetes. There is uh, there is um, Toshika. You see her all the time. She's in the red sweater uh-huh. and like 
long black hair, but she's got two bows in her hair. Right. Um, and then Saber. They're both Sundere. Mm-hmm. Um, Toshika is um, a modern Sundere, where a modern Sundere is somebody who starts off cold and continues to be cold, even though she shows flashes of emotions. She always goes back to being the baka, you know, yeah. type of personality. Whereas a classic Sundere starts off that way, but then the personality changes permanently. Right, so because you've you've unlocked mm-hmm. a relationship with them, um, kind of like um, I'm trying to. Free, I I think it's Ayaka. Ayaka is kind of a classic Sundere. She starts off really, really cold and terse. Oh, from Ramna? Yeah, from not Ramna. Uh, I'm talking oh. about uh, Ram. I'm talking about Tenshi Muyo. Oh yeah, she kind of starts Ayaka. off as yeah. a Sundere. Yeah. Um, not wanting anything to do with Tenshi, but then she unlocks and warms up to Tenshi. She's still that same personality to everybody else, except for her, except for towards Tenshi. Well, yeah, well, she, so, yeah, it's, it's more than just Sundere. Mm. She's also got that haughtiness of a princess. Yeah, that's true. So, so that, okay. that that's an, that's a flavor of Sundere, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to creator shout out. And this week we're giving a shout out to Carrie Johnson, AKA Bubble Monkey. Yay. She is a voice actress um, who did the voice of Asuna in SAO Abridged. Okay. Um, she's got her own uh, Instagram feed, her own YouTube channel where she's got her own projects as well as uh, the stuff she's worked on. For, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a Tumblr, Twitter account, and yeah. Okay. Uh, she, she ends up doing a lot of promotions for... Um, something witty entertainment because of the work she does with them yeah she's so. she's fantastic as asuna she's so good <laughs> anyway awesome that's she's, great so that's my creator shout out for this week okay so all right well so give her a follow we'll uh we'll link all of her uh, social media stuff right mm-hmm. on our website whitakerweekly.com okay well thanks so much for listening in this week if you listened on youtube please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel if you like what we do and want to support us please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on patreon where can they find us on social media our site whitakerweekly.com currently has links to our facebook page twitter account patreon page and youtube channel we encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference and if there's one we're not on yet please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned and we'll broaden our scope to include you all right. Well, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Ben Coombs for pro- providing the artwork for our podcast. Yeah. And a uh, special thanks to Brasmataz for their music all number uh, Dry Kolk that we use for our opening dry and closers. Okay. Well, that's it for this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.